Well, let the off-season speculation begin. Hit the music, Alex. Wait, wait, wait. We're doing that Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn talk. Nets talk right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go, go hard. Talking Nets. Hosted by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn. Robin Lundberg here with you for this special edition of Talking Nets. Keith McPherson still on daddy duty. Uh, just wanted to get uh, Hudson Flynn uh, is at work at, at the, the moment. Just wanted to get you um, a, a quick version of the show after that brutal loss at Barclays Center, in part because I was in the building. I, I took my son Raj, and I only go to heartbreaking losses. It, that seems to be the case. Only heartbreaking losses. I went to Game 7 against Milwaukee. I went to the, the first... Um, Bridges Johnson game against the Sixers this year, which they also lost in the final seconds. Then, of course, I, I go to this one last night, which was tough. It was tough because I'm sitting there looking at the clock at various points going, just let them take this one. Come on, just let us go home happy this time, please. But th- the thing about it is, it's like I said on the last episode, I'm more disappointed than I am mad. I'm not mad. They played hard. And that's played hard all series. I think they've acquitted themselves well. I'm disappointed because they had the game. When they go up five with two minutes left, my son Raj said, oh, it might be over. And I said, don't say that. Don't say that. And then Tyrese Maxey, you know, cold-blooded three uh, and some other plays down the stretch. And he's really been the difference in this series in so many ways. As far as game three goes, there's a lot to get into. Of course, the, the topic A on sports talk shows nationally will be Joel Embiid and how he should have been ejected. I think he should have been ejected uh, or at, at worst, you know, <laughs> uh, well, no, no, at worst was what happened. I mean, it had to be at least a flagrant, right? But he should have been ejected. I don't think Harden should have been ejected. I that felt like a makeup call that Harden was kicked out of the game. I mean, Embiid kicked uh, Claxton right in the crotch on purpose. I know Clax stepped over him and was, was taunting um, and, and he got thrown out of the game later and, you know, that's on him as well as the, the refs could have probably let that second technical slide at, at that juncture of the game. But the, the Embiid thing with the precedent of Draymond Green, I, I get that the Draymond is the habitual line stepper, but I actually think I'm with Charles Barkley. The Embiid thing was worse. You know, I, I think the Draymond incident was a little blown out of proportion simply because he had his leg grabbed and was kind of like off balance and, and stepping as well as sort of stomping at the, at the same time. So I, I don't think it was as much of like a, a malicious act as Joel Embiid was, was upset Claxton was taunting him and kicked him in the crotch. I, I, there's still a possibility they look at that and suspend Embiid for game four, not that it would necessarily matter at this point, but that's tough to take, as well as Embiid flopping all over the place, a generational flopper. Um, he's a beast, though. I mean, you got to give credit where it's due. The, the Nets have to focus their entire defense on him. And they've played great defense. They have. I, I, I don't want to hear anybody complain about Jacques Vaughn. Jacques Vaughn has had the Nets ready to play. They've been ready to play every single game this series. They're playing great defense. You know, they, they just haven't hit enough shots. You know, some of them last night in that game, Joe Harris seems like a great guy, but I can't take it anymore. Can't take it anymore. I mean, I, I don't want to put the loss on one player, but he had three wide open threes. Three of them. His job, he gets paid $18 million or whatever it is to hit threes. Three wide open threes. He hits one of them 
they might win the game, much less if he hits two out of three, which he should probably do with the looks that he got. And Jacques Vaughn had him in position to do that. I get you could have played somebody else. He tried Camp Thomas in the first half. Camp did a couple of good things, but he also turned the ball over the first time he had it, missed the mid-range the, the second time he had it. It's not like Jacques has a full cupboard at his disposal because the bottom line is the Sixers are the superior team. They're the superior team. I mean, Tyrese Maxey, he's the difference for them. He's been the difference in this series. But he would easily be the the a top two player on the Nets. In fact, he scares me more than Harden on the Sixers. He's the reason the Sixers are a scary team going forward for anybody uh, on top of Embiid. Royce O'Neal had some looks from three. Cam Johnson had one toward the end off a great defensive play. I think that was the Bridges play. Bridges didn't shoot the ball great. I, I was impressed, though, with Bridges in the sense of this is his first time being the focal point of a team, and he's taking it on his shoulders. There's still stuff he has to work on. You know, when he sees the rim, he has to go attack it instead of laying back and pulling back for a jump shot. In those situations, there was one opportunity at least where he should have taken it right into Embiid's chest and and made the refs make a decision. But overall, for being thrust into this situation for the first time, he's embracing the role, and I expect him to only get better at that. And, and you know... You see a real fan base developing. Yeah, there were so many Bridges jerseys last night being sold. I, I copped one for for Raj, my my oldest son. He was thrilled about it, and it, the the atmosphere at Barclays was great. That's another thing that's important to note because if you're going to credit Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving for one thing, they legitimized the Nets. You can be mad about them for everything else, or especially Kyrie, obviously, and KD, you know, less so just about it all not working out and, and how drama-filled it was. But the one thing they did do is legitimize the franchise, and I, I think the Nets have a real fan base now. And that was a real playoff atmosphere, and that's not something that goes away. You know, it's a bummer they didn't win the game. That Really, that I just wanted them to win one game in the series. I guess that could still happen in, in game four, um, but I'm, I'm feeling sweep at this point in time. But, the, you know, the Nets have played hard. They played well. They could have won game two. They should have won game three. And at this point, what do you start doing but dame dreaming about the future? <laughs> See what I did there? Because you, you start to think, all right, what do the Nets do? Where do they go from here? And uh, to me, though, there's two glaring needs. One is rebounding because, it, you know, the whistles hurt them a little bit last night, um, more so in the first half than the second half. And, and the second chance points um, have just hurt them every iteration of this team. I, P.J. Tucker – I hate him. I mean, I, I hate him in such a good way. I, I love P.J. Tucker on any team. Love the guy. But, I mean, when you're when you're rooting for the team he's playing against, you hate him because he gets all those loose balls. And that's been, you know, a recurring problem is, is somebody to clean up the glass. So that's something they're going to have to address. And then I, I think you put a dynamic guard on this team, it changes a lot. Like if Spencer Dinwiddie was Damian Lillard, the Nets are up 2-1 in this series. Pretty clearly. They need a closer. And Dame's as good a closer as there is in the NBA. And, and I don't even mean that as a shot at Spence. I know people are frustrated with Spence. And I, I was frustrated with Spence at the end of the game, too, and at the end of some of these games and holding the ball too long and, and you know, not getting shots off or whatever the case may be. But the bottom line is Spencer Dinwiddie 
is being cast up a role beyond what he is. You know, Spence is a combo guard. Probably should be the six-man kind of combo guard. Good player. But he's not the lead guy. And he's been tasked with being the lead guy on this team, and, and that's just above who he is. So I can't get too – he's played well since coming to the Nets. He's Overall, he's played well. But if you can upgrade that spot – and I'm not saying the Nets are actually going to land Damian Lillard, but you can't help but think about it after seeing him courtside at Barclays last night, after you know hearing all the praise that he's heaped upon Mikael Bridges. I guess you could contemplate the other way where Bridges gets shipped to Portland for their pick and a haul, but I just don't think the Nets could possibly – trade bridges at this point you know but the, the the development he's already shown the kind of guy he is the the clean reset that they need but trading for dame look if dame told portland i want to go to a certain spot they're going to acquiesce they're going to listen you know he's earned that kind of goodwill he's been that kind of guy for them so i don't know if he was actually trying to send a hint being courtside or he was just in town or whatnot but it, it did get the mind racing in that regard so then you start thinking about what the trades would look like. And, of course, you know, they're going to need stuff to, to get him. What about um, Nick Claxton, who I wouldn't want to part with, but sometimes it is what it is. Cam Thomas, Spencer Dinwiddie, and three to four first-round picks. Might take all four for Damian Lillard and Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah, then you address the rebounding. You bring in Dame as the closer, and you go from there. Regardless, there are you know a few options the Nets have in the summer because they now have all these draft picks. They could use the draft picks themselves. They can move the draft picks. It doesn't have to be this Dame Lillard type of mega deal. But you know, I, I just the idea of being in that crowd and seeing Dame time on the floor along with Bridges spreading the floor like that, it's fun to think about. And I'll keep the the mantra up about this team. It's been fun to root for this team. I mean, it sucks that they're down three zero, but. Again, it's, they're just not as good as the Sixers. It's it's tough to get that upset about it. I mean, I really wanted them to win that game. Trust me, I really wanted them to win that game. But they didn't, and there are a myriad of reasons. One, Embiid should have been kicked out. Two, some of the other whistles that, that may have hurt them early. Three, you know, the, the missed shots. Joe Harris. Ugh. Four, the late game execution. But the Nets, as constructed, are a play-in team over the course of a full season. So for a, a play-in team that was thrown together at the deadline, they haven't been embarrassed in this series at all. And they, they have some of the pieces to, to think about how they can fast-track this going forward along with the assets. Obviously, you know, Mikhail Bridges, number one. Cam Johnson looks like a proven playoff guy. He's a, he's a kind of connective tissue player that can work on any roster, and, and all they got to do is pay him. They have a surplus of wings. You know, some of those guys would help with any team that that, that you build, whether it's Dorian Fenney-Smith or Royce O'Neal. Um, but perhaps they could be, you know, there's a lot on the table. I don't think hardly any names on the roster, except for maybe the two that I just said, um, are, are safe, and, and one in particular. Sean Marks, I would assume, is the one that's still making these moves in the summer, given that Jacques Vaughn was hired. And, you know, it's been a tumultuous season. But the, the, the best thing about it is the worst is already behind. You know, what I said about it was the Kyrie KD team was like an airplane and it might have been at a higher trajectory than this current plane, but it was always on the way down. And this one can be on the way up.
And that's how I feel about the Brooklyn Nets. I'm, I've sort of already turned the, the page to the offseason being down 3-0. Um, would have been made for a, a fun game four had this even been 2-1. But ultimately, we knew the Nets weren't winning the series. They weren't going to win the series. It would have been nice if they could win a game. It still would be nice if they could win a game. But I, I, I am not embarrassed by their performance. They shouldn't be embarrassed by their performance. I think they can hold their heads high. And now the pressure is on the front office, Josiah, Sean Marks, everybody else to build around Brooklyn Bridges and see what this team can eventually become. That's about all the game time. Well, sorry, all the time uh, I, I think I've got for today. But uh, Nets fans, it's all right. I, you know, shout out to Rihola, who's always in this chat. He and his buddy, um, I think it might have been Carlos. We were, if, if I got that name wrong, I apologize. We uh, actually met up on the, just coincidentally, on the train in and then the whole train back. And it was good therapy for, for all of us to talk it out on the way back. And I, I think we all left feeling okay. And, and I'm feeling okay today as well. So uh, shout out to, to Keith, shout out to Hudson, and shout out to Nets World. I'll, I'll, I'll try and do it. Let's go Nets. Let's go Nets. Brooklyn.